Hey, Brightsiders. I know it's a little late. Uh, that's my fault because I went to sleep a little early last night. I did set an alarm to get up and do this, but, you know, I slept through it because I was tired. I've been having these horrible migraines lately. Not like you care or, you know, what. Whatever. But, yeah, that's a lot of it. I've been having to take a lot of drugs and not the usual kind, the prescription kind. And, you know, it's not, not as fun. But I am getting this episode out to you, and it is an interesting one. Of course, we talk about dark things like Joker and Martin Scorsese's comments on Marvel. You know, much like Mark Maron, I don't give a shit. I obviously love directors who talk shit, since I love the Joker, spoiler alert, but who didn't think I would? I've been basically metaphorically sucking the dick of Todd Phillips for years, and especially regarding this movie, since I've always been a big fan of Joaquin Phoenix. And if you haven't seen Clay Pigeons... Go do it. Actually, right now, I'm going to pause this to see where that is streaming. Because that was one of my favorite movies as a kid, because it starred Janine Garofalo, who is one of my favorite comedians and inspirations, and Vince Vaughn. That's when I fell in love with Vince Vaughn and Joaquin Phoenix, was because of that movie. It is not streaming for free anywhere, but you can buy it for $3.99 on Amazon Prime. And that may have been how I keep having these random $3.99 charges from Amazon. I think Alexa is buying movies in my sleep. Can you get porn that way? I don't know. Because I never see it in my queue. But that would make sense. That's some pretty dirty dreams. And there is Family Guy based porn. But we don't talk about that in this episode, surprisingly. But, yeah, enough about the dirty stuff. Joker, Scorsese. We talk a lot about Legion M, so that's why I made it the third thing. Because I was going to talk about the Glenn Levitt Tide Pods a little bit, but we didn't have time. And, you know, but I thought I'd address it here. Really, like, guys, what else are they for? My mom said to take to work. And I think she's thinking outside the box. That's a good, you know, alternative source. But they are to stick up your ass, right? But I don't really understand that. No, don't believe me, I understand butt-chugging. Like, I understand sticking all sorts of shit up your ass. Like, drugs work better up there, and, you know, especially with alcohol. Models do that. It's, you know, and be sure to only do vodka and things like that, stuff that doesn't have flavor. Because with Glenn Levitt, that's why you shouldn't stick that up your ass. You want to taste that. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with sticking things up your butt. I want to be clear with that. But something like Glenn Levitt that tastes good... Why make a version that you can stick up your ass? Like, I, I don't really understand that. Unless it's just, like, made that way just so you can, like, sneak it into places. But, you know, there's plenty of other ways to sneak it in. Especially when it's made like that, you wouldn't even know it's alcohol. And you probably couldn't smell it through the plastic. I don't know. But, you know, I do like that Karen Kilgraff from uh, My Favorite Murder was like, everyone went from learning that the Glenn Levitt Tide Pots existed to talking about sticking them up their ass there was no middle ground. Yeah, that's right. This is America. There is no middle ground. No matter how much I try to be there, there are some things I am just very staunch on, and that is called sticking things up your ass when that's what they're meant for. And I'm sorry, until you guys give me a better answer, that's what I'm sticking to and sticking them up my ass. But yeah, I think, I think I've, I've gone on a fun subject, so enjoy Comedian PJ Bayo. Here to talk about the bright side of Joker, Scorsese, and Legion M. Mrs. Brightside is brought to you by Pink Honey Collective. 
the leading self-care brand in the CBD industry with a mission to provide high-quality CBD goodies for all of the busy bees who believe in holistic healing. You can grab your Bath Beauty and Wellness products for you and your pet at www.pinkhoneycbd.com and get 20% off with code BRIGHTSIDE. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Pink Honey CBD and Pink Honey Collective. That's promo code BRIGHTSIDE, one word, at PinkHoneyCBD.com. P.S. If anyone you know works for Pluto TV, let them know about this podcast and what a big fan I am and how I do a pretty kick-ass live read that even has a fancy disclaimer to let them know that they don't already sponsor this podcast and do not endorse it in any way because I am a consummate professional, but I am a big fan and do know they sponsor other podcasts I listen to, which is where I got that kick-ass live read from Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. And what great partnership would we have if it was me too? So yeah, Pluto TV, say hashtag me too in a positive way to me and sponsor this podcast, or possibly buy some of my pilots, because I think my content would be great on your channel that I'm already a fan of, and even currently at this moment, watching on mute, because that Comedy Central stand-up channel is amazing, and I do love watching some of my old favorite shows, like the original Crank Anchors, Drawn Together, or Strangers with Candy. Just be sure to think of me whenever you're looking for new content or new sponsorships since podcasts. All right, guys, be sure to download Pluto TV and listen to the rest of this episode. Psychology, turn your attention to me because I'm not just really high. I'm joking about I'll be a cry. It's just what I have to say, and I've got a master's degree. Now on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Yeah, Mrs. Brightside. Y'all ready for this? See, I just started doing that. Um, I didn't even plan to, but that's actually uh, my brother's drinking song. We started that when we did a cruise with unlimited alcohol. I'm still surprised we survived that trip. But, oh, Canada. But, the, you know, that's not what this podcast is about. You guys are listening to Mrs. Brightside, where the glass is always half full. It's your CBT on CBD. And, as usual, I blabber on for a, for a sec and then introduce the other person here. Um, so, yeah, all right. Tell them who you are and why you're here today. Oh, I am PJ Bayo, <laughs> and I am a stand-up comedian based in Los Angeles, and I also host a podcast called Cinema Puradiso. It's a, it's a bad movie podcast, and, and I came here to give my bright side opinion on things, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yep, yeah, and, and that's, that's what most people do in, in coming here. We are uh, usually comedians who, like, who have podcasts like, that I've been on. So yeah, I was on your podcast talking about... Uh, Good cutting class, uh, mm-hmm. a lovely uh, slasher film starring Brad Pitt. Yep. <laughs> Before he was anything, um, but yeah, sadly that is not what we're here to talk about today. But you know, because you're the movie guy, what it was good to have you on the week of Joker, since that's literally breaking records this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, 
And um, you and I probably have different opinions on Joker, which is always great, because that's what I like to do. Because, like, even though it is, like, the Mrs. Brightside, as people notice, I've fallen way off the initial mark of trying to talk always about the bright side of things. But everything should sort of have at least some sort of happy spin on it. And that's what the Joker was, right? <laughs> A happy spin on mental illness. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you think of the Joker? Well... All right, for one thing, I like period mm. pieces, so I like the fact that it took place early 80s. Yeah, that that was cool. I liked that, you know, it was in the time, and the way that they did everything with the time sort of fit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And I liked how it was dark and it was gritty, and I thought Joaquin Phoenix was really, really good. He's truly a phenomenal actor. Like, have you ever seen Clay Pigeons? Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, yeah, it's him, Vince Vaughn, and Janine Garofalo. Mm. Growing up, that was one of my favorite movies. I was in love with Joaquin Phoenix. Like, because that and To Die For, and sadly, I even saw Quills. Um, that may have ruined me as a child. But, yeah, like, that was a good stuff. Like, he, he is a phenomenal actor, and I'm glad more people are seeing that. Yeah. 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 And, Are we still talking about the bright side? Because I'd like to go to the Oh, no, feel free. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. You don't have to pretend to be like and ha be happy about everything. That's my job. All right. Because I felt that it took way too long to get to it. The movie's a slow burn. Yeah. And and it just chugs well, along. Well, much like The Shining. The, you know, is a slow burn. Well, like, yeah. yeah. Building up to the part, but... But, I mean, when it finally got to it, that's when the movie became interesting and that's when I liked it even more and I wanted more but I always heard that when the, the inception of this movie first came mm -hmm. about and they announced it they said it's a one-shot movie and it's not related to any other DC canon movie in, in that universe which means that this is it <laughs> yeah but I will say, much like, uh, when you look at a, sh you know, I'm more of a TV person, so I can compare that. I'll just admit that. But so, like, Big Little Lies, for example, is based on a book. It was supposed to be a one-shot, like, you know, six episodes, this is it. Like, this is the story, we're telling it. But because of the reception, uh, it, they got a second season. Because we're like, no, we want more. We like these characters. Come on. Like, even show us the dead guy, like, because he's pretty. But it's like, yeah. And because people wanted it, and because of how well the Joker is done, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't get more. Just because, I mean, don't we always get what we want when it comes to these movies? Well, yeah. Eventually. Well, I mean, there is a no. new Batman coming, and now I don't know if Justice League is done. Uh, but the new Batman, which is Robert yeah. Pattinson, and I, I, they cast a new Commissioner Gordon. Because in Justice League, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, From Oz, and he's in the Farmer's Insurance commercials. Oh, yeah. Um, J.K. Uh, Simmons, yeah. yeah. I, I almost forgot, because I'm like, man, Justice League just, I tried to block a lot of it out. <laughs> like, it's sad, because it's just like, I wanted so much, and then. Right. Yeah, because like, I'm more of a DC person. And it's just unfortunate the way that that went. And I love J.K. Simmons, but, um, yeah, because he would have been... But he's, he will always be J. Jonah Jameson to me. And that's well, why right. I didn't really like that. Because I think he's great. I love him. Because especially in that last season of Veronica Mars, like, I liked his character, and I just love him as an actor. 
but you're J. Jonah Jameson, and we don't mix that. Like, I mean, we Brian Reynolds can go from Green Lantern to Deadpool because, again, we all want to erase that from our mind. <laughs> right. Just like Chris Evans from The Human Torch and those any Fantastic Four movie. We want to erase that. But once you're good at something, as perfect as J.K. is, as J. Jonah Jameson... So I'm glad that, because isn't it um, Jeffrey Wright, who yes. is the new Commissioner Gordon? Yeah. I was like, ugh. That was my so, long So I'm thinking, that. okay, well, then this is going to maybe, maybe, you know, a Justice League is done, new Batman. So if that's the case, then this Joker could be the Joker in that Batman. Sadly, like, that could happen, but I don't want that to happen. <laughs> because as I've said numerous times... And I don't care what you people think, and I'm still bothered. I even have a joke about why do we live in a world where people were more upset about Ben Affleck being Batman than Robert Pattinson? And no, I've never seen the Twilight movies, nor do I care that he was in them or not. But I am so sick and tired of young-ass Bruce Wayne. When Affleck was cast, I'm like, sweet, old angry Batman. And that's what I got. And he was sometimes the bright... I mean, at least in Batman v Superman, he was good. Justice League, he chapped out. I got it. Dude, me too. Like... <laughs> But he was still at least what I want. And but and I know this isn't made for me and nobody cares about me. And that's fine. Okay? But I did get Constantino Legends of Tomorrow, so they care about me and that's why I support that. But this is like I'm sorry, Robert Pattinson should have been Batman Beyond. Or he could have been a good Dick Grayson even. I, I mean I'm fine with that. But a Batman that's my age is not something I wanna see. And that Joker to me wouldn't fit in that either because we're talking I mean you know it's just like eh the youngish Batman that may be what they're trying to do but it's like do not pull a fast one on me like this is this is oh, God. Oh, I was going to say something inappropriate but yeah this is not cool like let's not if the Joker is connected and you know we can put old man makeup on Joaquin so I can have because our you know spoiler alert at the end of the movie it does show little baby Bruce Wayne getting his parents killed in front mm -hmm. of him uh, but yeah, it's like Michael Keaton, old Bruce Wayne, or, you know, just any sort of old good actor as Batman, just not someone my age, okay? And just, no, that's my Yeah, no. but mm. they've never done, like, early Batman, like Batman starting out. Yeah. Well, except for, you know, I'm not talking about yeah. Gotham. Yeah. I, I really could never get into that show. It's good. But, I didn't see, like, the la the wrap-up. I need to watch that, though. But it, but as far as the movies go, they've never did that. I mean, Batman was always already established as Batman. Well, I mean, but, there were some flashbacks in the yeah. Christopher Nolan one, but, but still. But it is one of those things, though. It's just, like, I don't want to see an origin story of Batman or Spider-Man ever again. Or at least for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I know it. Even people who aren't big old nerds like me fucking know it. Kid, parent shot in front of him, gets angry, bats, like, da-da, crazy villains. That's fine. That's all I need. I would rather have more interesting crazy villains and then an angry old Batman or like, could we get Nightwing? I mean, because here's my problem. is like we've never gotten Nightwing either. And that's more important. Than the early years of Batman fucking up. <laughs> like, no. Well, yeah, but you're getting Nightwing and Titans. Yeah, but um, again, they're too young. See, I like middle age, or, and that's the thing is, I really don't care about young people and their stories. I, you know, Riverdale kind of got away from the hot dad stuff. Not interested. Like that's why I didn't watch Sabrina. 
on young teenagers, I don't care. That's why I didn't watch Titans. That's the only one I didn't watch. I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm, I'm ageist, and I'm only, like, 30, but I'm like, nope. I, I just don't want to see young people's stories. But, like, Nightwing with an old Batman, or even Batman Beyond with an old Batman. Mm-hmm. Much better. Okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. Because, yeah, that's 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 the one thing I really like about, say, like, Black Lightning and why, like, Arrow over, you know, it's like, hey, these guys are angry, they're tired, but that's just a story I'd rather see than, woohoo, fine. Like, leave the young guns to, like, Spider-Man. Like, that's great. Spider-Man's perfect because that's Peter Parker. He, he's a young guy. But Batman should be old and he should be angry. Sorry, I get really upset about my old Batman. No, well, I do agree with you. No, no, you're like, yeah. You're like, Batman should be old and angry. Because, yeah, like, people think that the issue with the Robert Pattinson is like, oh, Twilight. I've never even seen that. I'm sure it sucks, but that's not his fault. Well, I have. I've seen them all, and it does. Oh, well. The first one was actually good. All the sequels were bad. But, yeah. But then again, you can't. Damn the man yeah. for being yeah, in Twilight like, because he's an actor and his yeah. job is to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'm like, I usually blame the actors last about stuff unless they're just really problem. I'm like, nope, that's not his fault. He took a job and he made a handsome check with that. That's fine. Because mm-hmm. as I say, I have no opinion. I've never seen it. I just know that vampires shouldn't sparkle. But again, he didn't do that. Well, yeah, I agree with you there too. Yeah, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the second Twilight was directed by uh, by the guy who directed 30 Days of Night. Oh, really? Yeah. That movie was all right. I mean, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't that lame. Because the 30 Days of Night, because that was a graphic novel, right? Am I thinking yep. the same thing? Because that's mm-hmm. me. I'm like, am I thinking of the Josh Hartnett? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, I remember that was okay. It wasn't the best. Certainly. There's no Dracula 2000. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, Dracula 2000 is wonderful hot garbage, though. Like, <laughs> is it insane? Yes. Is it a pretty dumb but interesting story? That it is. But, you know, you gotta love the cast and just the pure, like, oh, my God, Dracula's Judas. That that twist ending is interesting. Yeah. Gerard Butler's good. And wasn't, wasn't that a Roger Corman-produced movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is Dracula 2000 is one of those that it's like, it has all the makings of something great. And then it's weird. But it's not, like, it's like wet hot garbage, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, good. <laughs> like most movies I enjoy. As I say, I own Run, Run, Run. <laughs> Even they hate that movie. Bob and David. Mm. I have yet to watch that. No. To find it. And when I do, we'll do it on my show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, when even the people who created this character and did this film hate it, there's got to be something wrong with it. But I laugh. <laughs> but, yeah, it's so Joker. I'm like, no, I got on my old Batman rant. Like, I at least can say, like, I kept it down to a tight ten. Yeah. Unlike my stand-up part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, so what did you think was sort of the message that they were trying to send with, with Joker? Because I know that, um, you know, Todd Phillips' comments, I'll, I'll just kind of go into that, just be like, how he basically said, like, the cancel culture is why he's gotten away from comedy and why he wanted to do something dark and gritty uh, about Joker. And he sort of did that. And to me, the interpretation is, this is a fuck you to them. Right, and yeah. 
they are represented in the followers, like Zay Zay's character, um, and you know the the people who are trying to rise up against uh, the rich in the the movie and uh, fight for and don't seem to care about destroying lives or killing people or beating up cops. So that was kind of what I took from it, and uh, especially because of those comments. But I'm noticing, you know, as usual, the internet does not agree. <laughs> so I was like, oh, what was your interpretation? Uh, you know, my interpretation mm. pretty much was just like, it's kind of like he took the psyche of a mass shooter. Yeah. You know, and it's just... If there's a lesson to be learned here, you should not mistreat people. Yeah. You should treat them with respect. <laughs> because if it affects them psychologically and and uh, one day there's just going to be something's going to snap and something bad's going to happen. Yeah, and and that's the unfortunate thing about like the Arthur Fleck character is that because he truly is mentally ill, and in at least the first incident, what a, I always like to come at it from the defense lawyer thing because I listened to Reasonable Doubt um, with Mark Harrigus. But yeah, had he just killed those first two Wall Street guys that he just shot after they were beating the shit out of him, mm -hmm. he would have gotten away with it and, and just been put in Arkham and been fine. Like mm -hmm. It's like the, the premeditation with the stuff after is where he gets into murky territory. But at the same time, he is someone who was severely mentally ill. Mm -hmm. and he was pushed to this point. And like you say, the key here, people, is to treat people decently. And this probably won't happen. And then that's a good lesson for anyone to learn. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting to me is, like, even though the Joker does continue on his killing spree, to me, the real villain in the, in the movie is the people that follow him. Sort of like, you know, Hitler with the Nazis. It's like, right. you know, the people that actually carry this out and are following this are kind of... The, the real bad guys. Right. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought was interesting. And that's what I'm not really seeing people pick up on, like, either. And I'm like, no, no, the Joker is bad. And, you know, this is where he crossed the line from mental illness being a defense and, you know, self-defense here and went into this crazy killing spree. And especially when he could make choices, uh, you know, like saving uh, his little... Um, his little friend there, then he's like, no, you were always nice to me. And, mm -hmm. th and that whole scene I loved because mm -hmm. it was sure, truly the makings of a psychopath. Like, right. oh, oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> and, well, this too, with the followers, I mean, yeah. the reason why they started following him was with, uh, because the news got out with the, the shooting on the subway that yeah. it was more of a vigilante act. And, and so... And they were like, oh, he's taking down the rich. And, right. and to me, some of the language that's used is sort of like, yeah, this is like a rising up of the, of the bourgeoisie, but that's what I think, you know, where people are confused, because I'm like, no, the followers are the cancel culture, the people that are always asking for the heads of everybody, like whether metaphorically, like they don't want them to work again, or like they just... And, and two, I'm like... It's one thing to be that way when someone's actually a rapist, like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein. But, I mean, people cross that line when they started going after people like Chris Hardwick. And, you know, I feel like this was sort of an interpretation of that. It's like, you know, 
it's not okay to kill anybody in this situation, but then they, they're the ones who took it far by beating those cops. I mean, mm-hmm. the Joker is going after people who wronged him, which again, right. still illegal, still wrong, but he's a fucking nut job. Right. These other people, that's just mass hysteria. Right. Yeah. You know? And they're following yeah. a blind leader. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. they put their faith in this guy who he doesn't even have any fucking clue what's going on. Right. It's like you're putting your faith in someone who's clearly mentally deranged. I mean, it's like, God, I'm trying not to say certain things, but it's really hard. It's like, oh, when people didn't put their faith in her. I mean, it's really hard not to say terrible things on this podcast, and it's my own podcast. But, but yeah, it is one of those things that I am just shocked, or really should I be, because most of the film reviewers are typically people who are in that sort of mob. And, and But I do find it funny, because they're, like, so happy about The Joker. Because it is a good movie. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you come from, like, a, a film reviewer perspective. I mean, overall, I mean, yes, it is very much like Taxi Driver meets King of Comedy. I mean, right. everyone seems to be on that track. of, mm-hmm. But it's a well-done story, and it's a great movie. It is. And now, a word from our sponsors. Pluto TV, the leading streaming television service. Watch over 100 channels and thousands of movies on demand completely free. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is easy, completely legal, and it's the best way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. You never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. Not sure what you're waiting for? You can be rolling in a matter of moments. Download Pluto TV for free on all your favorite devices. Do it today, including your phone and Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, Playstations, and anywhere else you stream. It is the best. It is Pluto TV. Pluto TV did not pay for this ad and does not endorse Mrs. Brightside in any way. All opinions expressed on this podcast are endorsed by the hosts only and should not affect your decision to download Pluto TV. But, yeah, I just find it interesting that I'm like, well, this is how I see it. And based on the guy who directed it, you know, says the same thing uh, that I sort of got. But, yeah. But, again, pe- things mean different things to different people. But it, uh, what I thought was interesting is um, how much of the movie... There there were a lot of characters that, like you say, you wanted more. Like, I love mm-hmm. Justin Theroux's bit part. Mark I'm like, I was so excited to see all these people. But, really, the only people that get much screen time are Joaquin and Francis Conroy. Right. Who's amazing. Did you mm-hmm. ever watch Six Feet Under? Uh, um, no, but I, I know mm. her work from American Horror, Horror Story. Horror Story, yeah. Yeah. And then she was Barney's mom on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? Yeah. She always plays, like, the weird mom. Because in Six Feet Under, she's essentially the same character with uh, as playing Penny Fleck. And that's what I found, like, the, the twist, sort of. Because, again, guys, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But if you haven't seen the movie, that's your problem. But, uh, yeah, that she claims that Thomas Wayne is uh, his father in Mm. these letters, and that's what she's been writing. And it turns out, of course, she's just mentally strange. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it is Hereditary. Did you see that movie, Hereditary? Mm -hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, and then I saw Midsummer, and that disappointed me. See, I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard good things, but, you know. It's a slower burn than Joker. Really? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and with that movie too. I mean, not only, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the Wicker Man. Oh yeah. Now I'm talking about the original. The original, the yeah, not, not the Nicholas Cage. Yeah. 
And Robin Hardy, who directed The Wicker Man, years later, after Nicolas Cage's horrible remake of The Wicker Man, uh, did sort of a unofficial sequel called The Wicker Tree. And The Wicker Tree, a lot of the elements in that movie are in Midsummer. Huh. So it's like... What's his name? The guy who directed Hereditary in Midsummer. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. saw Wicker Tree. So, oh, okay, I'm just going to write my own movie with these elements in it. <laughs> and yeah, so to me, it just, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I know. I'll have to catch it. I need to re up my Shutter subscription because it's like Creep Show. If you watch the first two episodes, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, I'll get back to Joker in a minute. I was like, oh, Creep Show. I've heard mixed reviews of it, the new yeah. show. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, you think of the original concept of Creep Show, yeah. where they were stories that were written by Stephen King, and they were directed by George Romero. Yeah. The first one. And then the second one was the same thing. All the stories were written by Stephen King, but George Romero just adapted the stories into a screenplay instead of Stephen King writing the screenplay, and then some other guy directed it. And they had a lot less money. Yeah. Which is why Creepshow 2 only has three segments as opposed to five. And wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. But and, and so now the TV series, I mean, the first episode, the first segment, was based on a Stephen King story. And um, homage to the original Creepshow, Adrian Barbeau was in it. Yeah, I love her. Because like her being in Swamp Thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the second segment was not written by Stephen King. And then the new episode that's on now, the two stories, neither one of them written by Stephen King. Um, So I have to say, out of the first two episodes and the first four segments, that the fourth segment, which is uh, DJ Squalls, is is the best out of the four that I've seen so far. Oh, that's good. Because... I've heard mixed reviews from people with Creep Show, but again, sort of like a lot of the critics that are usually like critical of things I like are the ones like praising it. And then like when I talk to friends whose opinions actually, you know, probably either closely align with mine or matter, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, I'm not hearing like that it's that great, mm-hmm. which disappoints me. Because uh, did you watch the new Twilight Zone at all? Because the first two episodes were great. And then... After that, I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, there was maybe only one or two episodes that were even tolerable after that. There were some that were just downright garbage. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I I wanted to, but I never got to it. Yeah, like, as I say, the first two episodes are good. Like, those are definitely worth watching. Because, too, as a comedian, the comedian with Kamel is, like, just a good episode. And that you'll relate to it a lot. And then, as a podcaster, like, Adam Scott does uh, sort of an updated version with a podcast to, uh, you know, the Shatner episode. Mm-hmm. And and that is pretty good. And, yeah, like, especially because Adam Scott's great. And so is, so is Kamel. So those are great. But that's why it's pretty sad when other people I like, like, so the one with Ike Barinholtz, uh, who I'm a big fan of, and Rhea Seahorn's in it, and then, you know, Tessa Formiga from American Horror Story. So, you know, cast right there alone, great. Probably the worst episode on there. Not really. Like, yeah, because it's so badly written. Like, because as I say, overall, looks-wise, the show looks great. But some of the writing is just, like, the most garbage crap. Just Twilight Zone used to be subtle so that people who maybe didn't believe the same way you did 
could be spoon-fed it and sort of maybe see another way. Mm-hmm. Well, they beat you over the head with some of these episodes. Oh, like, really? this is what we're trying to say. All men are evil. Like, and you're like, wow, like, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, I, I, you know, as I say, I was pissed. It's like, like, new Batman pissed. Like, <laughs> Because Twilight Zone is one of the greatest shows of all. Yeah. All right, fine. So I'll watch the yeah. first two episodes and stop yeah. after that. Yeah. I will say the Greg Kinnear, uh, Steve Yoon one's okay. Like, The Visitor. Yeah. That one's okay. And then the Curse of Doubt one. But, you know, mostly. The rest of them's crap. Well, that's the thing with these anthology yeah. horror in 1984. I've, I've watched the first two episodes, and it's not like I'm clamoring back to see the rest. Which I probably will, because I'm still curious, but it's not like, before I was like, oh, I gotta watch American Horror Story, but now it's like, I don't care. Yeah, like, sadly, I fell off, like, because the first season is so good. Mm -hmm. The second season, there were really good elements, but there was too much going on, so it sort of lost me, and I came back, and then the third season, amazing, Coven, so great, and then again, like, what was season four? Was that Freaks? Yeah, like... Yeah, whatever freak, freak show. show. Yeah. yeah, I was like, whatever one that one was, I was so excited because it had um, God, Finn Whitrock, who I really like, and his character, Dandy, was one of my favorites. Like, you know, Dandy, and then um, Twisty the Clown, they were really cool. And you were invested in these characters, but, like, they, again, like with season two, added too many people. I love Neil Patrick Harris. I'm a big fan of his. But when his character came in, it sort of all fell apart, and I'm like, mm. what's happening here? And that's why when the hotel came on, I didn't even check in. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like Matt Palmer, Lady Gaga, I'm in. But then it just, I tried to watch it later because I just didn't check in that season and just was like, okay, I guess I'm done with this. Because it was kind of sad because Apocalypse, I heard, was good. And then the other, the Roanoke Roanoke one, I heard was okay. So I may go back and watch those. But yeah, 1984, I was pretty excited. But like you say, I've heard... It's okay. Like, and that to me is probably some of my favorite, you know, genres. Slasher, 80s, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like with anthology horror yeah. movies, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. They're like hit and miss now because you've had like the ABCs of death and then yeah. and then uh, the VHS movies and a lot of those segments were like hit hit or miss and, and then uh, recently there was a, a new one. Which was uh, Legion M has something to do with it. Yeah. And if I give a plug for Legion M, I am an investor kill owner. And, uh, <laughs> and so one of the reasons why I invested in Legion M is because the first project they announced were, was the Field Guide to Evil. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like some of the people from ABCs of Death are involved. And it's an international anthology. So people from different countries submitting a, a movie. Because I love yeah. Japanese horror movies and Italian. Well, uh, you know, I loved Dario uh, for a yeah. while. Yeah. I love Dario or Gento. Yeah. I know. I just hate his daughter. And so finally, I mean, other there was other Legion M projects that came out before Field, uh, Field Guide to Evil, which I'm glad because I was happy with those. Yeah. And then Field Guide to Evil came out. It was just like, it's not a good anthology. Yeah. But then, uh, there's another one, Nightmare Cinema, which like Joe Dante is involved oh, in, wow. yeah. and, and, and some other directors, and and I really liked it because it took me back a little bit to the like, old tables of, 
Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, see, I've Vault wanted that to come back forever, and they keep trying to, and just keeps going away. Yeah. So, so what Nightmare Cinema? What yeah. it is is uh, it's a movie theater. It's actually the Rialto in in Pasadena. Oh yeah. And people wander in, and then they see a movie in which they are the main character, and something bad happens. And all the stories are strung together by this evil projectionist who is played by Mickey Rourke. That's cool. Yeah, and it was actually yeah. it, was, it was a good anthology. There's like maybe one segment. Was that on Shutter? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh, I I streamed it oh, yeah. off a of Fandango, but uh, but no, it's really good. And there was like one segment that I felt was weak that I really didn't like. But it was like five segments, so four out of five. Yeah, that's a so pretty good. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the thing is I I can be forgiving if it's like one thing or so. There mm-hmm. you go, a couple off. Like I don't mind. But yeah, like Legion. I really like the Bad Samaritan that they mm-hmm. did, and I felt like I couldn't believe how that didn't do well. I'm like, this was like a good movie because right. I went to like an early sc- uh, press screening for it and was like, and did some, you know, I didn't get to interview David Tennant one on one, but I got to be in front of him. Yeah, and that was pretty cool because yeah, like he, yeah, I was like, this movie's great. Like I was, and I typically usually only like comedies or or. Um, and so, yeah, Bad Samaritan, which was more of a suspense to me, was a good movie. And, and I, they're doing the new Jane Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of good stuff coming out. But did you see Colossal? No, I haven't seen no, that. No, that's a good movie, too, with yeah. Jesus uh, Sudeikis. And, oh, yeah, because I love him. And, uh, Jesus, I know her name. <laughs> Help me out. Um, Print, uh... I'm like, I could look it up on IMDb, but it's what, more fun to what get. What's her, is her yeah. name? Everybody knows her. Is it his wife? I'm just Olivia like drawing her blank. No, it's no? not, it's yeah. not her. Um, like, what was she in? Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. Anne Hathaway? Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah. she's in that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun movie, and it's got to do with kaijus, you know, oh, giant, yeah. giant monsters, and, uh. And I haven't seen Mandy yet, and I really want to. Mandy is awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's another slow burn. Yeah. But it's cool. It's visually stunning, and it, 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 it's, it's Nicolas Cage at his cagiest. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what I've heard. He's like, oh man, I love that. And then oh, we also uh, just released a uh, alien documentary called Memory: Origins of the Origin of Alien, oh. which was the first movie that that Legion M actually purchased from Sundance. Well, purchased the distribution rights, and that's in theaters now and streaming. On VOD. Oh. And it's cool. really good. It's a yeah. really good documentary. If you're a fan of the aliens, oh, yeah. of the alien movie, you should see it. Yeah, I used to pretend <laughs> like I was Ripley. I mean, I have a little stuff of alien over there. I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, I'm like, I only have creepy stuffed animals, guys. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I am an adult. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you have to buy a stuffed ash. Because, yeah, I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. <laughs> But, yeah, like, and, and that's the thing about, I guess we'll get into, you know, because speaking of Bruce Campbell, it reminded me of Chins. Chins go to Scorsese. I just like to explain to how my brain process works oh, okay. to people. Because, yeah, like, a lot of people are upset that Martin Scorsese said that Marvel movies are not cinema and compared them to theme parks. And he's like, you know, they don't reflect people's emotional and psychological uh, experiences as they, they made. And I'm like, okay, uh, 
if dude, if you didn't cry at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, like, I get you may not have a soul, but you make pretty kick-ass movies. No. Honestly, as I say, David Fincher's the only director I can think of that has never said a dickish thing. And who cares? If you like their movies, go see their movies. If you don't, whatever. Right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that all their money in the world, they don't care. <laughs> what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, he doesn't care. No. I mean, and plus, you know, no. someone asked him the question, hey, what do you think of Marvel mm-hmm. movies? And that was his answer. Yeah, you know, that's what I say. It's not like he was just starting shit. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the, he's a 70-year-old man, yeah. even older. And it's like... It's not his thing. He's old school. I mean, yeah. and plus, he's, he, he started with Roger Corman as yeah. well, just like a bunch of other guys did. So, I mean, he rose up from the, the crap. Not saying that Roger Moore, Corman stuff is crap. But it's fun crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, I love fun crap. I mean, and, that's my favorite genre. And you know, and and he's the old, one of the old school guys, and you know, many classics, mm-hmm. many awesome movies, some duds too. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, Todd Phillips was obviously inspired by Scorsese. <laughs> but if you ask my mom, who's like eighty-five, hey, what do you think of Marvel movies? And she'd probably have the same answer. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing. Just like Mark Maron's comments, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I even see your point. Love Mark Maron, still one of my heroes. Again, people, we don't always have to agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is one of those things that, it's always funny to me the way that people take things and going back to being the mob and joker, I'm like, this is you guys. What are y'all going to cancel one of the greatest directors of all time just because he thinks that Marvel movies are the equivalent to theme parks? Well, there are theme parks based on these movies. Mm-hmm. So he's not wrong. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And too, it's like, I mean, I obviously love Marvel movies to a degree. But as I've said, I feel like we're, you know, uh, don't shoot me for saying this, but whatever. That we are a little bit on superhero fatigue. I mean, a movie, mm-hmm. like a one shot, like the Joker. And even if they do sort of make a sequel, like I'm fine with that. But, like, I much prefer, like, it's great that we got that big, like, Marvel did it right to a degree with a lot of the Avengers and everything leading up to Endgame and all that. That's great. But do we need to keep going so much with that? Like, and two, as people have said, like, you know, Phase 4 is much shorter and, uh, you know, I don't see it going on forever. Like, you know, because it is one of those things that, Eventually, we will get tired of this and move on. And mm. and someone who's been a fan of this type of stuff my whole life, I mean, it's not like I'm going to not want to watch stuff based on characters. But even I see myself wanting maybe just some different stuff for a right, little while. Yeah. It's like, I'm a big fan. And as I say, Guardians, um, probably my favorite franchise in the Marvel Universe. And I can't wait for Volume 3. But after that, like, I'm just not really sure that most of what Marvel's got coming out is going to be their best stuff. And I just hate to see them not go out on a high note, too. Like, right. maybe we should start... You Just like with DC and all their problems. It's like, Shazam was great. Wonder Woman was great. Like, I hope that they have more. You know, but maybe try to not do so much. Maybe spread it out a little more th- further and just make really good properties. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, I do see why people are a little, like, fatigued and annoyed. Yeah. I don't yeah. know about you. What Are you just... Uh, I mean, I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, mm, I mean, I'll see as many superhero movies as I can. Oh, yeah. I, I, as I say, I'll still go to the theater. As long it. as it's a superhero that I'm interested in, you know? Yeah. And, 
Well, saw the trailer for Birds of Prey. It doesn't look good. I really hope... That's the sad part. Is like part of me really hopes that... Because there are good elements. Like you and Margot, I feel like we're good choices. And like... Because she's already proven that she's great. Harley Quinn. And I don't... And I love Birds of Prey. But every iteration of them in live action has been terrible. And I'm sorry, guys. Like, just stop. Like, we, we finally have some good canaries in the Arrowverse. But, like... Why do we have to hire Jesse Smollett's sister to be Black Canary in the movie? That's part of the problem, guys. Like, yeah. and I like Mary uh, Winstead, uh, and then she's Huntress, right? Because yeah, I'm yeah. like that. I could make. I'm I'm on the fence though. I like her, but I don't. Depending on because they're doing Helena Bertinelli, so I think she's a fit for that. Like, but yeah, because sometimes like the Huntress has a few origin stories. Sorry. Yeah, there it goes. No worries. Yep. It just went black for a second. But it is recording. So good. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know about you, but it, as you say, it doesn't look very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did, the, I did the trailer premiere was last week. Yeah. Or the week before. And I was like, cool, I want to see this. I'm really excited. And I watched the trailer. And while I was watching the trailer, I was just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> And I know I believe it's directed by a woman too. Yeah. Which is good, but they should have probably got the woman that directed Wonder Woman. Yeah, Patty Jenkins. I've actually seen her like in a Q and A, and like she's sharp. I like her, and that's the thing is there are so many great women directors like Patty, like Catherine Bigelow, like Mary Heron. Because like whenever people want to call American Psycho misogynist, like and I'm like guys, like maybe Brad Easton Ellis wrote the book maybe that way, but in the movie. It's directed, and the screenplay is written by a woman. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, the movie actually does a pretty good job of showing, like, the horrors of that. But, yeah, I'm like, Birds of Prey, I'm trying to think of who's directing that. I'll look that up. But, yeah, and, and that's the thing, and that's what I hate sometimes when people are given a bad movie, and it's like, are you setting them up to fail? It's like, uh, you know, with the new Late Night, like... This, you know, I, I really hope this woman does well, but being as she was a YouTube star and late night, you know, network isn't something people transition, people who watch YouTube transition to watch that. So it almost feels like sometimes they set women up to fail. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not really a conspiracy theorist in that way, but just like with Birds of Prey, it's like, you knew this was going to suck. No one ever gets these characters right. <laughs> like, and that's sad that I believe that, but. It's like, who is it? Hurry up. I mean, they did okay with Shazam. Yeah. So, I mean, Shazam, I went into that thinking, oh, this is just going to be bad. It's going to be like the the big of superheroes. Oh, and see and, me, and, well, and it, it kind of, was, it was the big of superheroes, well, yeah, but like in a good way. Yeah. Because, well, and that was me. I'm like, Shazam, until they cast Zach, I was like, why do we even need this? But when they cast Zachary Levi, I'm like, he he's perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. And, but I just, I just kind of wish that it did a little bit better for his self-esteem, but, (laughs) but yeah, it it is, to me, it was definitely one of the better films this year. But again, I also said The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie was one of the better films this year, so maybe people don't always listen to me. Did you like that? I loved that. I thought it was wonderful garbage. (laughs) Did you watch it? I did. (laughs) You didn't seem to have the same opinion. I mean, I, yeah. I liked it, yeah. you know, but it just seemed like the best of, the best of the things, of the, the best of the bad things that happened in their lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it was like the greatest hits of their 
career. Yeah, oh, and the worst. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, when you come to the Vince Neil stories, because what did I have that joke of like, I get, I was really excited when I saw Motley Crue, and then I realized it said Vince Neil for Motley Crue. And too, like, look, I know they're all, they were all kind of garbage at some point, but like, everyone else sort of got their shit together one way or another, mm. or like, but Vince, sadly, no. Mm. <laughs> but he, he's the one that murdered someone, so. <laughs> right. But well, yeah. accidentally. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, it's like, it's technically manslaughter, I guess. <laughs> but nowadays, they play with that. Like, But yeah, her name's Kathy Yon. And she directed a, a film called Dead Pigs before this. Huh. Never heard of it. But it sounds cool. Neither have I. Yeah. Dead but, Pigs. Yeah. I'm like, um... Somebody at Warner Brothers saw Dead Pigs and said, this is the this woman is yeah. who's going to direct Birds of Prey. Yeah, at least they didn't <laughs> let Joss Whedon do it. <laughs> And this is, this is someone who has loved everything Joss has pretty well ever done. But I know he's a piece of crap. So. Yeah. You know, man, too. It's like, you know, Justice League in Ultron. It's like, yeah, maybe movies aren't your thing, bro. <laughs> Except Serenity. Yeah. Because zombie pirates. Zombie space pirates. You can't go wrong there. Except for that ending. Stupid feelings. But, um, yeah, and that that's the thing about Bird's Prey. It's like, we want it to be better, but I'm just afraid it won't be. But I think Ewan McGregor will do a good job as a villain. But Ewan McGregor's used to being the only good thing about bad movies. I mean, look at the first three Star Wars. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, of course. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, you'll you'll spin this shit into gold, but everyone else around you. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, as I say, I think Margot Robbie is good at what she does. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I mean, and her look as Harley Quinn is a little bit different than the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I like that. Because that, I, I was even like, hmm, I want to get some gold overalls and do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like that they've made the character a little bit more independent and more with the, the sort of... Harley Quinn in the comics these days has become more like the Deadpool of the DC Universe. And I think that's what they're doing with this movie. And I'm like, good. Like, even if this movie sucks, keep her and Ewan and then just scrap all the other shit. Mm -hmm. And I've not even seen it, but I'm just already, you know, planning. But right. maybe it'll be okay since I have such low expectation. That is the key. But, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I forgot to mention, like, Samuel L. Jackson weighed in on Martin Scorsese's uh, comments. And it's always good to hear from Samuel L. Jackson and I, they may have cleaned this up because I don't see motherfucker in here once. Mm -hmm. But he's just like, that's kind of like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films, you know, everybody doesn't like that stuff either. I mean, we happen to, but everybody doesn't. There's a lot of Italian-Americans that don't think he should be making films about them like that. That's where I love that he's still like, hey, everybody's got an opinion, but eh, he can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. And he's like, it's not going to stop anyone from making movies. And that's, well, that's what right. I say. Yeah. And that's what I said about when people, you know, about Todd Phillips' comments or Martin Scorsese's or even Samuel L. Jackson, who was at, like, a the opening of Tyler Perry's new studio. That guy's never going to stop making movies either, even if they're all terrible. Mm -hmm. So as long as people have money, they will continue to make movies, whether you like them or not. That's right. <laughs> and just because Martin Scorsese has an opinion... Someone's not going to say, oh, Martin Scorsese doesn't like superhero films. We better stop making them. It's not going to happen. 
Yeah. So an opinion is an opinion. Here's the thing. The only way to stop stuff is to quit buying it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. And as long as we all still buy these movies or go pay to see them or buy tons of stupid crap to fill up your apartment, they will still exist. Um, but yeah. So I guess we'll wrap back around to Joker. Because yeah, like what were some of your favorite moments from the movie? Well, like since this is the Bright Side podcast. Oh, from the Joker? Yeah. Oh, uh, all the violent parts. <laughs> Same. I'm a sick fuck. And I always laugh and clap at things. Like, yeah. that's why people don't like to. That's why I go to the movies by myself, so I don't have any judgment. And mm. I really loved the dancing. Yeah. And, like, the Gary Glitter song. The, the, dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, I always love inappropriate musical interludes. And him just, like, kind of dancing around, yeah. like, to that. And just... Because it was right after he murdered that guy in front of the, the little person, right? Right, and, yeah. And and I I, I, I love the makeup. I loved his suit. And it wasn't the usual purple. Yeah. It was more like an orangish red. And... I did. I loved the music in the movie. I love Joaquin Phoenix. And I love Robert De Niro. Yeah, because, like, De Niro was perfect. But, you know, and that, that dynamic. Because to me, him and Francis Conroy are really the only other people that have much to do. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty well everybody else, except Zay Zay's in it a lot. Like, but really, you know, sort of like the Sharon Tate figure of, uh, you know... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where she's just sort of, like, there. Not necessarily, right. and, you know, it turns out a lot of what he'd imagined wasn't real. And the sad thing is, is I'm like, I know a lot of people like that, that imagine relationships. And not just, and know, and don't know that they're not real. <laughs> I know that my, you know, fake relationships in my head aren't there. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I guess, because I'm not too crazy. But... Yeah, like, and that's the thing, is, like, Justin Theroux's, like, actor, and, and him sort of trying to emulate him. I really liked that scene. Because who has, I mean, of course, you know, you probably grew up watching The Tonight Show and, mm-hmm. you know, Late Night. It's like, who didn't pretend like they were being interviewed? <laughs> right, yeah. Once my brother took a bunch of Benadryl to and tried to stay awake, and he just thought he was Woody Page from ESPN. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and he interviewed himself as Woody Page. <laughs> I used to yeah. fantasize that, well like if I saw like a Clint Eastwood spaghetti western on TV and then all of a sudden I would feel like my face change into Clint Eastwood <laughs> and then I would play out the movie in the living room tell my mom to get three coffins ready <laughs> and then go back to her and say sorry four <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny you know, me and my brother used to play Friday the 13th um, where he would chase me around with his fake machete in the hockey mask and one time our cousin was babysitting us and um, she had a truck and I shut him in the window of the back truck and like so he was like hanging there and then I'm surprised she had children after that because <laughs> I'm like well this is how we play yeah. <laughs> she's like what is wrong with y'all I'm like yeah you know you see at least we're not the only kids you had you know you were playing Clint Eastwood also pretty violent movies yeah. we enjoyed those yeah our mom has a Giant poster I got her, like, then framed it really nice of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's pretty good, guys. uh, Speaking of your face changing, that reminded me. Have you ever seen that weird video that someone made of, like, 
Bill Hader doing like impersonations of like Seth Rogen oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, changes yeah. into it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's really freaky to watch. There's a lot of that on YouTube yeah. now. I mean, someone did like uh, Taxi Driver and they morphed Al Pacino's face over Robert De Niro's. Wow. And, yeah. And that was the thing about the Joker is like, it's very much like Taxi Driver, but I like mm -hmm. the fact that, because some people are like, if this wasn't a Joker story, would have even been greenlit? And I'm like, no, probably. And, and like, that is the fair question is it probably wouldn't, but this was enough different. And it made, to me, it's like, yes, it's a lot like Taxi Driver, but did you kind of expect that being the Joker that we all know, whether, mm -hmm. no matter what your iteration is of the Joker, He's very similar to Travis Bickle. Right. Like, yeah. So that didn't seem weird to me. And same thing, you know, as comedians, like the stand-up stuff with the Joker was very relatable. And well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, because last night I was at Flappers, and I even did a joke, like, like that I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm like, you know, the Joker is about a stand-up comedian, who goes on a killing rampage when he doesn't do well and gets made fun of. So you better start laughing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and everyone laughed uncomfortably. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm threatening the audience. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I made a joke about yeah. it too, about how uh, the kind of comedian that that Arthur, what was his last name? Fleck. Arthur Fleck is in Joker is uh, why you don't go to open mics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing is we'll probably have lots of joker theme jokes, um, but I'll do that for a while and then go back to my Swamp Thing material, even though no one gets it or cares. But you know what? Part of being an alt comic is being really weird and esoteric. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's me. And that's the thing is like the Joker. I think that if he it had it not been in the early '80s, had he kind of come out now as like an alt comic, you know. That's what we say when we're not as good as Anthony Cheselnik these days, right? Right. I'm just an alt comic. <laughs> and I think that it might have worked out for him. Because now you're, you're celebrated for being a little odd. <laughs> right. But yeah, like, that was the element that I thought was, like, super dark. Was when De Niro's mocking him, uh, like, on TV. Because mm -hmm. that was the day that, you know, everybody watched those shows so you know this guy he had a pretty good inkling that this guy would see this even though it's not like social media today so i thought i i really liked that that was sort of an allegory for trolling and that you know when he ultimately gets his revenge and you know kills him mm -hmm. you know sort of the and it's like see guys this or like at the end of jane silent bob strikes back why haven't y'all learned quit trolling people they might kill you or kick your ass Mm -hmm. yeah, and I thought that that was an interesting turn because that was I'm like yeah yeah that's the thing is sometimes you don't know these psychos you're messing with <laughs> that's true then that's why again like we say the the, uh, the moral of the story for the Joker is don't fuck with people <laughs> right be kind yeah like the, the little guy he lets him go he's like you were always yeah. nice to me <laughs> that to me was the most depraved scene <laughs> Yeah, it was also to be the most suspenseful because you didn't know if he was actually going to let the little guy go, especially when he first goes to unlock the door yeah. for him and then he doesn't open it all the way because he opens it part of the way, then he has something else to say and then you're like, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. And then, then whatever it was, I don't remember, but then he was like, okay, see ya. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It's like that one they kept, you know, teasing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that was good. And that was the thing that elements like that is what made it a really good movie. Is, you know, you really didn't necessarily know what all was going to happen. And that's why I'll say that even though I feel like this movie was sort of given the Joker banner just to, you know, give Todd Phillips his opus, the little bits of Batman lore thrown in there were enjoyable. And I thought really led, you know, into possibly being more. Or just like, even if that was it, I would be fine with it. Because I like the way that it's just like, Yep, this is pre-Batman, a story about this guy, and while I'd love to see Joaquin play the Joker again, like, it sort of tells the story enough in itself that it's Mm -hmm. sort of like the Joker created Batman. It's like Mojo Jojo and the Powerpuff Girls. It was him. It was me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It And Rip Hunter. Rip created Vandal Savage, didn't he? Or no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, hold on. Because actually that was the first time I used the Mojo Jojo reference was on the Legends of Tomorrow after show when I was like, oh my God, Rip just Mojo Jojo this. (laughs) But yeah. And so so I like that. Because I like when things repeat funny elements from stupid crap I like. Uh, What did you think of the little twist? Because it's like, yeah, one of the Joker goons is inspired by uh, him to shoot the rich. (laughs) Um... I I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I also thought about, uh, you know, especially if if they wanted to connect Joker to the, to Thomas Wayne's death. Yeah. And Martha, right? Because we all Martha. know her name is Martha from yeah. Superman versus Batman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so if they wanted to connect it to the Joker without the Joker pulling the trigger, it works well. Yeah, and plus part of that whole trickle down. Yeah. The domino effect. Yeah, and that's what I liked is like because it it really is a movie about consequences, and and too what's always interesting to me is again how people interpret a lot of like the superhero stories, and that's why I think that you know I'm much more of a Batman, uh, you know, and Oliver Queen Green Arrow girl because it's just like. They, they very much understand their role in the fact that Batman and the Joker, there's not that much difference in them except for the way that they choose to conduct, like, is it for the good of the many or the good of the few versus, you know, that sort of uh, archetype. Or, like, with uh, the Green Arrow and whether it's Merlin or uh, Prometheus, whoever you subscribe to. But the point is, is they know that there's not that much that se- separates the hero and the villain. And... It, it's really interesting to me that people don't always put that together, that it's like, you know, no. So knowing you are this close to being that instead of just being like, oh, I'm the golden god. That's why Superman's annoying to me. Is like he doesn't always note that he and Lex Luthor aren't that different. And he's a little bit more naive. And, and that's sort of what I see a lot of people see sometimes. And like, oh, I'm the hero or I'm the villain or whatever. It's like... No, 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 there's not that much difference. It's just because, and Shazam did a good job of showing that, yeah. uh, too. I'm mean, like, they, they did a good job of that sort of uh, allegory there with always like, you know, there's really only one thing that separates good and evil in most of these stories. And, and I thought that they did a good job of sort of setting that up, you know, even though Bruce Wayne is this child, this is mm-hmm. sort of his origin, like, beginning after this, but it's sort of 
a similar origin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> Basically, I'm getting to, it's like heroes and villains, not that different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody has their origin story. But yeah, as we uh, wrap up here, any final thoughts on the Joker? I hope it's not the end yeah. of it. I hope that, you know, I, 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 I watched this movie and sat through it for two hours because it's, cause I do want to see where it goes because Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, what he did with that character was awesome. Yeah. You know, I, both Heath Ledger did a great job at Joker and now Joaquin Phoenix did and, and he made it his own. Just like Heath Ledger made Joker his own. Yeah, and, and what I like, did you notice whenever he's in the cop car at the end, did that not feel like an homage to The Dark Knight? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is definitely, and that's what I liked about Joaquin's comments, too, were in regards to his performance, and because he seemed very respectful, and basically saying, like, no, he did this, and I'm going to do something different, but, I mean, he set the standards, so an homage, mm -hmm. and, and, and I like that he said that. In that whole scene, I was like, Boy, is this reminiscent of the Dark Knight, and I really liked that. And that's what I at least liked, that it respected the Batman lore, and it respected other versions before it that were good. And to me, it's like, whether you like Todd Phillips or not, as I say, I'm a big fan. Love the Starsky and Hutch movie, dude. Great. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't say that this wasn't a good film. It's just sort of like the Chappelle stand-up special. Like it or not, can't say it wasn't perfect comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, what are your thoughts on that? We've asked everyone since it was the big thing. Oh, Chappelle? Yeah, have you seen Sticks and Stones? No, I have not watched it. It's oh, in okay, my queue, yeah. but I have not watched it. But I heard a lot. Yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, sort of like the Joker where you're like, no, it, it is just like good. Like, and you can disagree with the themes or whatever it is. But, you know, it's a great film. But yeah, so... Where can they keep up the conversation with you on social media? Oh, yeah. at PJ Bayo on Instagram and Twitter. Cool. And do you have any upcoming stand-up dates you want to plug? I, this will be out Tuesday. I do. Uh, Sunday, October 13th at Flappers Comedy Club in the main room, I am on a show called Shreddin' Sundays. It's a metal-themed stand-up yeah. show. That sounds like <laughs> something I'd enjoy. And... Uh, it, it, it's hosted by a friend of mine called Christina. Uh, she's her name is Christina Maria Leonard, oh. and uh, also produced by another friend of mine, Lou Santini, who's a metalhead comedian. And then also, I I, I do all I, I have a couple alter ego uh, character <laughs> yeah. comedians that I do, and I have a couple shows coming up with them. Oh, feel free plug uh, plug okay. away. So I do uh, Jason the Hack comic, which <laughs> is basically Jason Voorhees. Uh, doing stand-up comedy, and I do Mike, the mute comic Myers, who is also a stand-up comedian. And uh, we're going to be at JR's in Santa Clarita on October 19th at 9 p.m. Just Google it. You'll find it. Mm -hmm. Or go to my website, which is pjbayo.com. It's all there. All right, and your podcast. Uh, yeah, oh, my podcast good. is Cinema Pura Diso. Which you can find at Cinema Puradiso on Instagram. <laughs> and once again, you could also find it on my website at pjbao.com. That's P-J-B-A-I-O dot C-O-M.
All right, guys, and since I'm Lacretia Lyon, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I don't, ha I have a stand-up show that I'm going to, like, give a formal announcement, but just save the date, November 7th at 7.30 at Flappers in the YooHoo room. It's going to be a special thing because it is day of days, you know, coming up, so it may be a little soapy if you catch my drift, but don't, I uh, can't announce too much yet. But I will be at L.A. Comic Con this coming weekend, Saturday the 12th, uh, moderating the Overwatch panel. And then I'll be interviewing Drake Bell up on stage the 13th, that Sunday, at 11 a.m. So yeah, you can probably find me hanging out at L.A. Comic Con. I do not know what I'm wearing yet, but I was Castiel last year, so I'll probably have to pick something else new. But again, guys, that's it. So see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I'm coming out of my range and I'm doing all right. Gotta, gotta be on because I wanna. See you next Tuesday. Tired of nagging yourself to get a website for your artistic career already? Radportfolios.com creates affordable custom websites for artists. Use code BRIGHTSIDE. That's one word for half off your website startup. Radportfolios.com so you can get back to getting booked.